Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. Welcome to Practice Purchase Podcast, Season 1, Episode 17. Today's topic, the three most important things to start immediately after the LOI is signed. I am your host, Brian Hanks. Thank you for joining me for this episode. And uh, you know, this episode seeks to <laughs> demystify a little bit the time period between when you sign the letter of intent and you actually take over and run the practice that you're prepping to own. Uh, so there you are. You're wrapping up your current job. You've got a signed letter of intent. You've talked to banks. You've hired an accountant. You've hired a lawyer. Uh, you know What's happening, right? What are you doing? What are the top priorities? And today I'm going to give you the top three. And the three that I'm going to give you are are three very important ones. I don't know that they're the most important. Um, They're arguably the most important. But the reason these are on the list is because these are the three that take the longest. Okay, These are the three that seem to bleed into the time period that someone is an owner already. Okay, so... Uh, the three that I'm going to, the, the outline for today's show is very simple. The three topics we're going to talk about are number one, due diligence. Number two, getting your business entity set up and why. And number three, we're talking, we're going to talk about life and disability. I'm going to give you a few tips there. Okay, so let's start with due diligence. Due diligence is important thing to get done, number one. <laughs> and um, due diligence, uh, we're going to talk about in a lot of detail in episode 18. So the very next episode is all about due diligence. I'm going to give you a primer here. And um, is it primer or primer? <laughs> I'm going to give you a primer here. And the two types of due diligence we're going to talk about are financial, financial due diligence, and in-practice due diligence. Okay. So, um, you know, legal definition of due diligence is care a reasonable person takes to avoid harm to other persons. Uh, but what that really means in plain English as a dental practice buyer is, do you are you really buying what you think you're buying? Has the seller misrepresented anything or lied about something? Or are you getting basically what you think you're buying? Now, the financial due diligence, that is something your bank and your accountant should work on together. Your bank is going to do some specific things. Your accountant is going to do some specific things. We'll talk about all of those on the next episode. And then in-person due diligence is what I want you to start the in-person in practice. Like it's the due diligence you physically do in the dental practice that you're buying. That's what I want you to start on right away. And the reason I want you to start on that is the more time you can spend in the dental practice, the more time you can spend seeing the patient charts, opening up the cupboards, seeing, pushing the up and down button on the chair, just basically getting comfortable. The more time you have to visualize yourself in the practice, either the more comfortable you're going to feel or the more uncomfortable you're going to feel with the transition. And you're going to know sooner than later whether or not this really is the dental practice that you want to buy. And I don't, um, it's very rare that I see a buyer do some due diligence, and then throw up the white flag and say, you know what, gosh, I thought I was buying X, and now I see that it's Y and Z. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull the plug. I'm going to step out of this. Um, far, far, far more common is buyers see some documents. Maybe they visit the practice with a broker, and 
the broker and the seller kind of follow them around room to room for an hour. They have a, a general conversation and then the buyer has to commit, right? They have to submit that LOI and it's been a few weeks between that initial visit and then submitting a letter of intent and talking to banks. And, and so that initial due diligence period is so crucial because this is your chance as the buyer to get a sense of what the practice is really all about. Now, you're viewing it now with a different set of eyes. You've analyzed the practice in detail. You have a sense of the basic pros and cons from a numbers perspective, from the reports and from production metrics and financials. But now you get to actually walk in and say like, okay, could this really be my home for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Okay. So you're looking at things like equipment and the schedule and patient charts, interior, exterior. I mean, I'll, I'll walk you through it all in the next episode, but what I want you to do is be really thorough, okay? I want you to, listen, blame your team if you need to, right? You never, you'll never know everything, but I want you to be thorough and, and ask some potentially awkward questions or potentially blunt questions if you need to. That's what I, I say, you can blame me, right? Uh, you are more than welcome to use the phrase, you know, I listened to this podcast and this really annoying Brian guy said that I should ask you, come up, you know, fill in the blank with your awkward question. Okay. All right. So number one, number one thing to start after you sign the letter of intent, but you haven't yet bought the practice is due diligence, due diligence, top of the list. And, um, and I, I think that that should be one of the most important things you take care of. Let's talk about number two, the entity selection. And, um, this is, you know, this can be an area that seems simple. Okay. Entity selection is, is very basic. It's basically choosing, you know, am I a sole proprietor, an LLC, a PLLC, an S-corp partnership? What am I? A PC, a professional corporation? Your attorney and your accountant can help you choose the right entity for your state. And it's deceptively simple. Why I want you to start on this now is that it is the ticket to starting a lot of the other necessary processes to buy your practice, Okay. So that entity filing is filed with your state. Once that is filed uh, with a state, let's pick the state of Oregon, for, for example. Okay, If it's filed with Oregon, once that is filed and you get uh, articles of incorporation from the state of Oregon, in this case, back, you can take that and then you can go to the IRS or more accurately, your accountant or your lawyer should go to the IRS and get you what's called an EIN, an employer identification number. That is like your social security number only for your business, okay? And you need that EIN to get going on a bunch of different stuff, business checking accounts, credit cards, payroll, merchant services. But the big one, the big one to get started on right away is your insurance credentialing. If you're buying a fee-for-service office, fine. You don't need to get credentialed with insurance companies. That's great. Everybody else on the planet needs to get credentialed with insurance or Medicaid and that process takes, on average, somewhere in the 90-day range. So if you have signed your letter of intent and you're about to quit your job or you have quit your job and you're about to take over a practice, and you want to show up on day one and bill someone for the in-network procedure that you did and get that in-network pricing, you're going to need to be credentialed with that insurance company. And that process takes sometimes 90 to 120 days. So the timing becomes crucial there. Um, it can go faster. There are ways that uh, it can go faster. Uh, but I would say this is the number one concern of buyers that I work with. So what I tell them is 
in terms of timing, a concern, of course. Uh, what I tell them is go get your entity filing done now so that you can have that EIN and get going on insurance credentialing. I'm not an insurance credentialing expert. Uh, my understanding of the process is that you need your EIN to get what's called an NPI number. And, and that NPI number is something you probably already have, but what you need as a buyer with a new business entity is a firm level NPI number. I think it's called an NPI 2. And uh, in order to get that NPI 2, you have to have an EIN. In order to have an EIN, you need to have your business entity filed with a state. Okay, makes sense, clear as mud. <laughs> All right, uh, so that is your business entity. Get with your accountant, your attorney, get that filed immediately after that LOI is signed so that you can have it ready to go. The third thing that is a top priority is life and disability. Uh, but before I talk about that, your life and disability becomes if, you know, if you're actually going to buy a practice. And if you're buying a practice, that means you found a practice, right? And that's probably the hardest part for most people is the finding of the practice. That's something that I can help you with. I created a free video that describes the process that I've seen buyers use over and over to find good practices to buy. The off-market practices, the unicorns, the million dollar plus, the low overhead practices. Check that out. You can watch the video for free. Uh, just text the word FIND, F-I-N-D. Text the word FIND to 33777. That's FIND to 33777. So I'm giving you tips around the third thing to talk about uh, and to start immediately after that LOI is, is signed, and that's life and disability insurance. Okay, so if you're uh, picking up the last... Number two ultimately had to do with insurance. Now we're talking about insurance, again, just a different variety. Uh, life and disability insurance is something that for 95% of you listening, uh, you, you need it, you gotta have it, and that should be the end of the discussion. Um, most buyers I talk with are savvy enough to understand the basic concept that you have invested an enormous amount of time, money, energy, and effort to get to the point where you're at in your career, where you're buying a practice, and you want to protect that investment. And the way to protect that investment is with some life. One of the ways, of course, is with life and disability insurance. And um, why you need to start on it now uh, is that it takes a while. Okay. Uh, they, if, if you haven't gone through the process before with a life insurance company or a disability insurance company, what they do is they actually come out to your house and someone will come with a scale and a needle and they'll draw blood and they'll weigh you and they'll do this whole underwriting process. And that underwriting process takes some time. Uh, I would say uh, 60 to 90 days is somewhere around an average, although it can be faster or slower depending on which provider you use. And, um, you know, so you need to start that process soon so that you can have that uh, in place when you start on, the, you know, you, you step through the doors of a practice that you own, you're protected. In addition to just it being a good idea, Chances are good that the bank will either require it or highly recommend that you have it uh, in their closing conditions. And so in order to close on your bank loan, you may need life and disability. And um, a lot of banks, the rule isn't that you have the policy, what's called in force. In other words, you don't have to be all the way through the life and disability policy to close on your bank loan. But what the bank wants to see is that you're in process with someone at an insurance company. So you'll have to have applied and be in process and have a reasonable, um, you know, an email from a, an insurance person saying, hey, that, this should be done in a week or three or four or something like that. Um, just a couple tips. You know, I have that uh, financial planning background. 
Um, and so I'll step out of my lane here of, as an accountant just for a second to give you a couple tips on life and disability. If you have, and chances that most, uh, most dental students or recent grads get some kind of disability protection. Uh, so you have, if, if that's the case, good, good, <laughs> good on you. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, you can get far cheaper disability insurance policies to protect your practice purchase. Uh, so when you're talking to your insurance rep, um, either, somebody always has an uncle, brother, cousin, somebody that can help them. If, if uh, of course, if you need a name, let me know. But um, chances are you know somebody that can help. What you want to do is just ask them, instead of the type of insurance that you have currently, uh, chances are good that you have what's called income, disab- um, income replacement insurance or and um, that insurance covers you out to age 65, 67. I'm even seeing 69 come up um, more and more these days. That type of insurance protection on the disability side is the most expensive. And uh, there's a different flavor you can purchase for a practice purchase called overhead protection. And so ask about an overhead protection. And in addition to that, you can also get what's called a business loan protection rider on that overhead protection policy to specifically cover the loan payments in a disability situation. And to me, the analogy there with uh, those two recommendations, overhead protection and a business loan protection rider, is similar to um, whole versus term life insurance. Um, I would get term life insurance on the practice purchase, of course, but getting these, these types of disability policies is similar to asking for term insurance on, a, on a life insurance. So not a perfect analogy, but kind of similar, okay? So as a review... Um, the three things you need to start on immediately after you sign that letter of intent are number one, due diligence. And we're going to talk about that in detail in the next episode. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, number two is business entity and getting that filed so that you can work on insurance credentialing. And then number three is life and disability insurance. Those are the big three. If you can start on those immediately after you sign that letter of intent, you're going to be in great shape. Uh, you may The timing may not be perfect depending on how your deal goes, uh, but it should be a lot, lot smoother if you can start on that um, now, okay? So as we wrap up, do me a favor. Um, you know, as one of the tips I give in the video on finding practices is the importance of professional networking and, uh, and not the schmoozy business card type of networking. I'm, I'm talking about just building a network of people who know, like, and trust you. And so what I want you to do at the end of this episode is think about that one good friend Someone that impressed you or someone that you liked or you had labs with at dental school. Think about someone from dental school. And if you don't mind, send them a link to this podcast. I would really appreciate it. Or shoot, you can just leave a review to help others find the show. But um, one way to build a network of people that know, like, and trust you is to send them useful information. And I hope that as you've listened to this episode and others before it, that you found the information useful. And so if you would do me a favor and let others know about the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. In our next episode, I talked about how we're going to cover due diligence in detail. We're going to talk about the timing, the strategy, and a a tip or two that I've learned along the way. Uh, But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast. For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchased Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com. Thank you.